folks. The Field and Garden Podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the Flower Farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Aaron Benzenkang, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lease, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine-tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty-gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. It is your host and friend, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and Happy New Year, friends. We have another year under our belt, and you know, the new year, facing a new year and looking back at the past year can be really good sometimes for some of us, and it can be very... um challenging for some of us. And sometimes we just need a reminder of where we've come from and what we've done. And that's what I'm going to talk about for a few moments this morning in this episode, because I feel like everybody's like making a list, making New Year's resolutions. And, you know, I tend to not do that, I guess. Um, I just try to think of it's a fresh start. It's kind of like spring for gardeners. It's time to like think about new possibilities. And so before we jump into that, I want to just thank everybody so much for um, the support of our podcast. It's really been overwhelming and so darn surprising. And I'm actually stopping to add this to my list because I didn't even put that on there that we added a podcast Anyway, we have just had such a great following with our podcast. We have two podcasts now. Field and Garden has been joined by her sister, Seed Talk, and we're just so pleased um, that Lane brought that online with her questions that you guys are just continually submitting um, to our business about seed starting and your seeds and 
That's how that was all born. So we have a sister podcast called Seed Talk with Lisa and Lane. And um, we're just really happy about bringing that to you, too. And I do want to ask you one favor. What can help us above everything else is if you actually subscribe to our podcast. That just means you'll be notified when new episodes come out. If you're watching our podcasts over on YouTube, um, if you subscribe over there, like it and comment, it just makes the platforms show our podcast to more people, as well as the sponsors of our podcast see how many subscribers we have, and they're more likely to continue to support us. And so we appreciate every comment, every review, every subscribe. There's a lot of different ways you can help us, um, and it just takes a moment. I totally never understood before I was actually hosting a podcast how important all those things are, and I thank every one of you that have already done it, and I read every review, um, and we Lane answers all the comments, um, so we just really appreciate all of that. And who is our biggest sponsor of everything is the gardenersworkshop.com. That is our website where you can go over and connect with us and see the work that we're doing there. There's tons of free resources, our online garden shop. You'll find my books there as well as an amazing library of online courses by um, all of many of my fellow peers um, and we will help you whether you are a home gardener, right on up to a flower farmer or a beginner. Anything you need, friends, we are there to offer that to you. And if you can't find something you need, we want to hear about that. So today's episode, at the end of this year, are you feeling like you have fallen short? Perhaps. Friends, my answer to every idea, problem, challenge, feeling down in the dumps is make a list because lists can really reveal where you came from, what you've done, and um, just either point out what you need to do or remind you of all that you have done. And for me, so, excuse me, earlier this um, about a month ago, um, I heard somebody say this very thing. It's like, if you are feeling like you just haven't done much in your business, sit down and make a list. And I actually did it. And it totally flipped my attitude. And so I made a little list. And this list is by all means not inclusive. It was a quickie list because I'm kind of, you know, like everybody else in the world who has time to spend more than five minutes doing it, right? Um, But I just made a list and realized how far I have come and how how many of my goals I have actually achieved. And it was just really beneficial to me. So I'm just gonna run through this list to kind of give you an idea of maybe what you need to sit down and I would recommend 30 minutes, 30 minutes with your beverage of choice, door closed, phone turned off, you know, even if it means you have to go sit at a Starbucks by yourself 
or wherever you need to go um, or do. For me, I have a cozy little spot that I sit and read and study and write and do all such things. Um, Light a candle, do whatever you need to do. So when I think back to where I've come from at the top of my list, um, that would have been obviously back in 1998 where sitting with my grandma um, as she had been, um, she had a massive stroke and that landed her in a full care facility because she was totally paralyzed. And our family um, stayed with her. We couldn't stay at night, but we took turns during the days. Uh, And my day was Tuesday. And during that time, I would read to her. Um, Anyway, that's where I stumbled upon in the back of a magazine there um, an article about growing cut flowers and doing it and selling them and how you can really do that even in an urban setting. It didn't say that, but it was like, you don't need much space, right? So in 1990, that happened in 1996 or 97, I can't quite remember. That led me, it's actually in 1997, that led me to launch the Gardener's Workshop in 1998. And when I say launch, that meant I just planted a bigger garden than I ever planted before and started following some of the steps that were suggested. And it just kind of grew from there, right? So I started with nothing. I mean, y'all do. I sound like a dinosaur. I literally started with a wheelbarrow, a shovel, a bunch of leaf mold and compost that was a result of marrying my husband that had this amazing gardening dowry. Um, and I fumbled through because remember back then we barely had the internet, right? I mean, you didn't have all these resources. Then, um, in 2000, by 2003 kind of was my next milestone. So for those five years, I was here doing what I was doing, you know, selling to a very limited number of florists. Um, and had joined the first farmer's market, which was the Williamsburg Farmer's Market. And the next milestone was I brought my sister on to start selling at farmer's markets for me. Um, And I had a cousin that actually helped us for a while. I was still just literally doing everything on the farm by myself. I loaded up my van on Saturday mornings, and my sister and my cousin Seth drove off with that van full of flowers to sell them on Saturday mornings. So during this time, um, also is when um, I brought, I started adding more employees to do more things. So during that time, I mean, I was so burnt out because remember, I was selling to florists. I was delivering to florists on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They were doing the markets on Saturdays, but I was doing all the seed starting, production, everything else by myself here on, and back then I only had 1.17 acres. Um, That was before we bought the adjoining one and a half acres to my farm, and literally I crashed and burned. I mean, I was so burnt out, y'all. I can't even tell you. So the next step came is I had this amazing idea epiphany one night of I was also sideline also started doing during that time programs in the winter months teaching 
I mean, I was speaking to master gardeners and garden clubs and um, all these different groups like in January and February about what I was doing. And out of that was born the brainchild that I needed to launch a business where I could also sell the same tool seeds and supplies that I was using and teaching people how to do it, right? So what would happen is I would go and teach these courses. I mean, not courses. They were just programs back then. I mean, I didn't have a PowerPoint machine. I didn't know. I mean, it was raw, y'all, raw. (laughs) But I would give out a handout at the end of my programs with like two pages of resources of where they could find all the different stuff I just told them about, seeds, tools, and supplies. And that laid it on me that I should launch an on a business where I could sell the stuff I was using along with when I was teaching it. And so previously, the business name had been Ziegler Garden. That's what I sold under for those first five or six years. But then I came up with this idea, talked to my sis about it, and said, you know what? Let's launch the Gardener's Workshop, which Suzanne was the one behind that name, my sister. Um, Let's launch this like the business model that Pampered Chef, which is a direct sales company, that type of model. Because think about it. People needed to be taught how to seed start, how to do this, how to do that, how to do weed prevention and all these steps. So in 2005, I launched the Gardener's Workshop with my sister, and it was launched as a direct sales company, meaning that we would have sales reps as well as myself. Um, and those sales reps were called, oh, what a rabbit hole that could be, the, were called garden stewards. And so for two years, from 2005 um, to 2007, we the Gardener's Workshop was this massive direct sales company um, and we downsized the growing operation. I mean, I barely had a garden. Um, Suzanne and I were, oh my goodness, deep. It was very, very deep. So, and I was also pretty miserable. Um, I discovered that I went from being this, you know, flower farmer living the dream of growing, teaching others how to do it, and then being able to offer them how the stuff to do it, kind of the whole package, right? I went from that to being a sales manager. You know, all of these other people, we had people in other states, um, sales reps, garden stewards, better known as, and um, I went from being this flower farmer living the dream to becoming a full-time sales manager, which meant holding hands, patting them on the back, giving them what they need, training them, teaching them. Um, And I was not happy at all. And then behold, in 2006, in the middle of all of that, I was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, So Suzanne and I balanced the act for about nine months. Um, And then laying on the couch, recovering from radiation, um, if you've never had any kind of treatments, I did not have to have chemo. I only had radiation and surgery. And um, laying on the couch, completely exhausted. It's like somebody pours lead in your boots. You know, you just, and for somebody like me that's pretty hyper, pretty type A, 
I mean, I would lay on the couch fretting over all the things I was too exhausted to actually do. I mean, I was so amazed. My family, um, our fam, both all of my sisters and brothers um, on both sides were providing our meals. I mean, I was so well cared for, right? I had an epiphany that um, I was going to write a Dear John letter to all of our sales reps and say, you have six months to make the most out of your business opportunity um, because the Gardener's Workshop is going to become a company of one salesperson, yours truly, and we were just going to have a straight-out online garden shop um, where people could just go and buy directly, and I would be the teacher. And um, so we did that. And in 2017, 2007, later in the year, we switched the business model back to the model that I kind of follow today. It's just an online garden shop, and we have a lot of other resources, right? And so we, um, Suzanne and I, kind of took the show on the road. We were traveling all over the country, literally doing programs at big conferences, at big shows, at big, like, shop um home and garden shows. I mean, we did it all. Um, Master Gardener, like state conferences, um, all of those types of things. And sometimes we took all of our products with us and sold up like, like set up like a huge pop-up shop. Or we would take our catalog along when we printed a paper catalog for many, many years. Um, we would take our catalog along, give out our catalog, with a promotion code, you know what I mean, to drive people to sales. So we did that for several years. Well, during that time, um, part of my suffering was is that I wasn't growing enough flowers. I mean, that's what we now know really feeds me and my um, passion and my drive and my idea base is actually growing the flowers and being a huge part of that whole process. So... Um, so the farm started regrowing again. Then in about 2010, um, while we're still doing that, I'm doing programs. Basically back then I was only doing them. Sorry, y'all, coffee. Um, back then I was really only doing programs during the off harvest season. We all know as flower farmers, we... Um, there's something to do every minute of every day of every day of the year, right? It's the harvest season that really pushes us to um, really be consumed. So I was only doing programs back then during the non-harvest season. And that's when the high production years began. So we brought back of our we brought back all of our customers that I had pushed aside to launch in 2005, you know, we dropped all of our commercial customers. I left the Williamsburg Farmers Market, which is one of the best markets on the East Coast, um, and started bringing them back. So we ramped up our farm. During that time is when we got the opportunity to purchase the adjoining acre and a half to my farm in the middle of the city. Who would have ever dreamed that that would have happened? We also had, during that time, had added our first farm building, which is my work building that you often see me 
filming from. It has studios in it. It's where we did our high production. That's where my cooler is. Our offices are upstairs where the Gardener's Workshop was first launched from. Um, so from about 2010 to 2018 is when we went into high production. When I say high production, our farm was a total of about two and three quarter acres that included my home, that work building, um, a couple other small buildings that have been here since there. Um, they were built back in the 1930s. Um, we went to town. Um, we ramped up our business to include 23 florists. Oh my goodness, 23 florists, two supermarket chains with about six stores on each chain, as well as we sold for 14 years um, at two to three farmer's markets, depending on what time it was. Um, we also had our members-only bouquet subscription program, as well as our on-farm um, members-only market. We were, oh my goodness, we were producing 10 to 15,000 stems of flowers a week in season from about an acre and a half of working cutting garden um, in the season, which in the high season for us is like May through September. So we were starting, planting, weeding, maintaining, harvesting, bunching, selling, and delivering all those flowers week after week after week. It was crazyville. Had about five to seven employees during that time. Um, I mean, it was like a well-oiled machine around here. Um, and so I already mentioned that we added that first um, farm building, which is my work building. Um, and then um, what... And then during that time, believe it or not, in 2014, it actually started happening in 2012, is where I did started working on cool flowers. Um, one of the items that we were selling through our online store were some of the great books that I really used. Um, and like books like Good Bug, Bad Bug by Jessica Walliser, another book that she co-authored, which I don't think is available anymore, Grow Organic, Elliot Coleman's book. Um, the organic, the new, the organic growers book. I can't remember the exact name. Um, and Lynn Bozinski, the flower farmer, we were selling those books. So I was working with Jessica's then editor, publisher, which um, I felt comfortable with because I actually emailed with the actual publisher to order her books. So I pitched to him in the middle of one night during the winter. It was like, hey, I'm doing this amazing program of teaching people about this group of flowers, Cool Season Hardy Annuals. What would you think about doing a book? And he accepted the offer. And because of my lifelong family's lifelong friend, Susan Ackerman, um, who was a writer um, in another, she wrote literally even textbooks. She's written lots of our children's articles. She's a great, amazing writer who I go to church with, she said to me, if you write, I will be your personal editor. Because if you're not aware of, I am severely dyslexic and learning disabled. So the written word is a real challenge for me. So with her 
saying I'd help you gave me the 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 nerve to pitch to him the idea and he accepted that in 2012. So from 2012 to when the book was published in 2014, I was also doing that. So we were really in the high production years during that period of time. So, um, oh my goodness, we were just slinging flowers like nobody's tomorrow. Had my cousin Grace was working with us. Um, we had so many great people here working on the farm. Then in about 2016, um, I was pitched the idea of the book Vegetables Love Flowers, which is what effect do flowers have on vegetables? What benefits do flowers offer vegetables? And to be able for that to happen, you really need to have a constant supply of blooms in your vegetable patch. And there's just no better way to do that than a cutting garden in a vegetable patch. They both have a, share a lot of the same qualities being harvested all the time. Um, and so the book Vegetables Love Flowers um, was put into the beginning in 2016 for the book to actually be published um, in 2018. And that's something else, the one reason that I was really, um, in my mind, much, much to most people's not being aware of, I became aware during that time of 2016, I mean, we're in the midst of high production, that the 40-acre the farm next to me, um, which it was me and him and 2,000 residents, you have to understand, it's like we were this island, it's like Central Park in the middle of New York City. We are not nearly as dense as New York City, but it's that same visual. It was me and my neighbor amongst this city, um, and his farm had been sold. He was 97. Um, that's a whole story in itself. Because it was zoned residential, not agriculture, which is no longer available in our city, the real estate taxes, which were over $30,000 a year, made it pretty impractical for most any regular person to buy that farm and build their house in the middle of it and live in paradise in the middle of the city. So the land was sold to a developer is what I'm getting at. And I was aware of that because the land was offered to us um, and we could not afford um, to face sustainably the taxes and to pay um, the price of the land. So the seed was planted in my mind that before long, what I was standing out in my fields and enjoying the view, the noise, the horses that were grazing on that horse barn boarding farm, um, the hedgerows full of wildlife, all of that was going to be coming to an end when 90 houses were going to be built on that 40 acres or so. And it really sent me into a whole new process of business. I began thinking of ways to continue to participate in my love of farming and gardening and teaching others, but not being forced to stand out in our fields Monday through Friday, eight hours a day, doing all that we were currently doing and watching them 
destroy what was next door to us. Um, and that's what it was. Um, it was besides my parents passing away, it was the hardest thing I have ever suffered through. And it went on for two years and it still goes on, but it was actively went on for two years. I mean, it was like a wound under your arm that just, you could never not think of it, see it and see the results of it. And that is what launched me into where we are today. I launched, relaunched or rebirthed the Gardener's Workshop into becoming an educational platform that offered the tools, seeds, and supplies, as well as my books, that people could learn how to have their little home garden or start their flower farm or ramp their flower farm up, and that we would provide those few basic supplies and tools and resources that they needed to do it, as well as tons of free resources. Um, thus is this podcast, um, the blog, all the videos, the YouTube channel, my social media presence, all of these things. Um, so we, in 2019, um, the business really flipped a switch and started to grow. And up until this point, the online garden shop warehouse was literally in this big work building here on my farm. Well, as the pandemic started and gardening was on the uprise, our business was really warping forward. The pandemic just exploded it. So in 2020, we actually, I bought, I mean, the Gardener's Workshop actually purchased believe it or not. I mean, remember, this is a list of accomplishments to remind yourself of just how far you've come, right? I cannot even believe that the Gardener's Workshop bought a commercial piece of property. Who would have ever, ever dreamed of that? Um, and so in 2020, the warehouse was moved off the farm, which allowed us to ramp up our studio presence here on the farm because the warehouse had consumed that whole building. Um, so that was all moved out of here. We launched the podcast during that time. We brought on so many additional team members, both virtual as well as in the warehouse. Um, and then we, in 2021, bought a second piece of commercial property because we outgrew the first piece there across the street from each, from each other. Um, and, you know, the business has just literally continued to warp from there. And, um, you know, that brings us, because I want to wrap this up, I could talk so much about every piece of this, but in 2022... I look back and here we are. I am, you may or may not know this. I'm in the midst of a third book project, which is not really very public yet. It will not be coming out until 2024. This is the end of 2022. And again, you know, I each book has had a real purpose. You know, Cool Flowers was a rekindling of something that our grandparents knew all about and made the most of. Vegetables Love Flowers was a way to really 
just make people aware of why flowers in a garden has and you how to do it in a very organic non-pesticide way how to have a three season cutting garden and this next book which you will hear more about in the future um, has a real purpose too and it's just about hunkering down on what my passion is Um, and you know it's just about ever-changing process and to look back and I feel like Each step of the way, when you take the next step, there's new challenges that we face. Whether you are a home gardener thinking you're going to plant your first little cutting garden in the backyard, or if you're somebody, and I'm reading about so many of you on social media, people that are embarking on what is possible to add this maybe as a side hustle, which is the majority of people that are growing to sell are side hustlers. They're not, they are not full-time, full-fledged domestic growers that this is their full livelihood. Some of my best friends are doing that, but that is a minority. The majority of people are side hustling to grow cut flowers to be the second income to their family um, and be you know, grow a family at the same time, or they've retired from their their lifelong um, profession, and now they're ready to do something they want to pop out of bed in the morning and do. And there are so many opportunities. Um, and each level, whether you're a new gardener, a new flower farmer, or you want to scale a flower farmer, when you take that next step, you feel like, you're a loser all over again. That's what I feel like. It's like you're starting a new level and you're just like the newbie flower gardener. It's like it's as foreign to you as that is to them. So even though you may be, you may have kicked the can further down the road, oh my goodness, you're still standing at the bottom of a mountain looking up if you're tweaking, growing, scaling, or starting something new, which I hope we're all starting something new. I mean, even if that means that, you know, you've not been much of a a food cook for your family, you've decided that this is the year that you're going to plan your meals and actually tackle that, which would allow you to enjoy it more. I mean, so this can really be applied to any area of life. So friends, Just reviewing my list is making me feel pretty puffed up here this morning. (laughs) And I need it because I have a day of writing ahead. And um, the thing about writing a book, and I'm sure there'll be podcasts about this later. The thing about writing a book for a publishing house is all of a sudden a person like me that's had no boss, um, which means you don't answer to anybody. I do answer to somebody. I answer... um, to my business. I mean, I'm responsible to keep the cash flowing, to keep the work for everybody, to keep pushing the boulder up. Um, There is about 14 people behind me holding my back, pushing me up that mountain. Um, But ultimately, I'm the one that makes the decisions and is responsible. And I just um, am so grateful to be able to keep doing that. 
Um, and writing a book and having now someone to answer to um, brings a whole new level back in perspective. Anyway, you know me. I love challenges, and I am super excited about um, this book. It's going to be totally amazing, awesome. And don't ask me any questions because that's all I'm talking about right now is that it's happening um, probably in about May or June, we will start pub publicity on it. Um, but I'm so happy, and I want to say that the only reason that I am able to work on this book is because of the amazing team at the Gardener's Workshop that makes it all happen when I can when I'm not there. They work without me, um, and that is a result of creating systems and hiring the right people and having the right people in place to be able to do this. So friends, um, that's my list. And even though I was feeling like I was falling short, I'm feeling pretty tall right now. And this is a great list to even maybe put on your refrigerator just to remind yourself every day of how far you've come. And I mean, you can do this in all areas of your life, but I just encourage you to, to take a look back on the highlights and also to remember that any of your failures, you, those are your stepping stones to success, friends. If I had to list the failures, this would be like a 12-day long podcast. Um, but make the most out of your failures. And I am just super... Um, can't wait to reveal what 2023 holds um, for folks, for resources here at the Gardener's Workshop. We are constantly rebirthing, and we have got some rebirthing going on, friends. And um, we appreciate all your support. And remember, you can learn about everything over at thegardenersworkshop.com. And please hit the subscribe um, or follow my show or um, like it on social media. All right, friends, until we meet again, this is the last sign off for 2022 with your friend, Lisa. Ciao.